This is Dr. Baliga here. This podcast is second of three podcasts on head and neck malignancies from an outstanding chapter on head and neck malignancies by Dr. Glenn Hanna, MD, Assistant Professor at Harvard Medical School, and Dr. Yochin Lorch, MD, Associate Professor at Harvard Medical School and Director of the Thyroid Center at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. This chapter is published in Baliga's Textbook of Internal Medicine with 1,480 multiple-choice questions available at www.mastermedfacts.com. Head and neck cancers are a diverse group of malignancies that are relatively uncommon but often demonstrate aggressive behavior and are frequently associated with significant morbidity and mortality. The head and neck is a complicated anatomic region and is often divided into the nasal antrum, oral cavity, pharynx and larynx given that each anatomic subdivision yields different tumors and often warrants a varied treatment approach. In the second podcast, we will be discussing differential diagnosis and screening, natural history and prognosis, treatment of head and neck cancers, complications of therapy, and when to refer. The differential diagnosis and screening of head and neck malignancies begins with identification of the suspected primary site of cancer. More than 90% of all head and neck cancer is squamous cell carcinoma. There are various histologic grades, morphologic growth patterns, example ulcerative, infiltrative, and varicose, and various molecular markers and viral oncogenics that characterize invasiveness of these tumors and may influence prognosis. There are a variety of less commonly identified tumors, Salivary gland tumors such as mucoepidermoid carcinoma, adenoid cystic carcinoma, and adenocarcinoma arise from major or minor salivary glands throughout the aerodigestive tract. Neuroendocrine tumors are rare entities which include small cell undifferentiated cancer and ethysio neuroblastoma or olfactory neuroblastoma. Lymphoma should be included in the differential diagnosis of head and neck malignancies as well. One should also include primary lung, thyroid, or gastrointestinal carcinoma in the differential diagnosis for patients that present with a supraclavicular lymph node or lower cervical lymph node involvement. Screening for head and neck malignancies remains a difficult problem and there are no generally accepted criteria or recommendations regarding screening. Natural history and prognosis of head and neck cancers is unique to the location in which the lesion arises. Oral cavity, which includes anterior two-thirds of the tongue, floor of the mouth, gums, heart palate and buccal mucosa. 75% of the cancers of the oral cavity present as a tongue lesion and manifests itself in as a non-healing ulcer with or without associated pain. Local and local regional recurrences are frequent. Tumors arising from the oropharynx, that is the tongue base area and tonsillar fossa and soft palate, are frequently HPV positive and present with cervical neck disease. 
base of the tongue lesions may present with pain or difficulty swallowing and referred ear pain is not uncommon. Often oropharyngeal tumors spread to nearby lymph nodes and roughly up to 70% of the patients with T1 primary lesions will have a clinically palpable locally advanced disease in the neck while 20% may have bilateral neck involvement. Risk of recurrence is local-regional as well as distant. Hypopharyngeal tumors are often well hidden and rarely present with symptoms until advanced disease is present such that 70% of lesions are stage 3 or 4 at the time of diagnosis. Risk of recurrence is local-regional as well as distant. Cancer of the larynx often presents with voice changes as there is minimal lymphatic drainage from this region. T1 and T2 lesions rarely present with metastatic disease that is 1 to 7 percent. However, supraglottic lesions often are identified when stage 3 or 4 disease is present. Subglottic lesions are protected in the deeper confines of the neck and often yield poorly differentiated and clinically silent disease with the majority of cases presenting with advanced disease at diagnosis. It should be noted that some squamous cell lesions only present with clinically evident cervical metastatic disease and that a primary lesion is not always identified. The main risk is local recurrence as opposed to distant metastatic spread. Metastatic disease at distant sites such as liver and lung and bone is infrequent at diagnosis and often relates to the size of the primary lesion. Recurrent disease following treatment for potentially curable head and neck cancer is a formidable therapeutic challenge and results in an incurable situation in majority of the cases. For the majority of head and neck cancer sites, 80% survival can be expected with stage 1 disease. Locally advanced head and neck cancers, that is stage 3 and 4, result in a precipitous decline in overall survival and cure rates are around 50%. Two-thirds of head and neck cancer recurrences will become clinically evident within the first year and 80% within two years from treatment. Treatment of head and neck cancers. Early stage head and neck cancers, that is stage 1 and 2, are generally treated with single modal therapies that is either surgical resection when the tumor is accessible based on anatomic location or by radiation. More advanced tumors that is bulky disease stage 3 and locally advanced stage 4 are treated with multi-modality approaches. Overall the approach to treatment is often dictated by the anatomic location of the primary tumor. Surgery is the mainstay of treatment of cancer of the oral cavity. In locally advanced cases, that is primary tumor plus neck lymph node metastasis, adjuvant radiation or chemo radiation to the primary site and to the neck is usually required to reduce the rate of local regional recurrence. For cancer of the oropharynx and hypopharynx, radiotherapy is generally used for early stage disease, that is stage 1 and 2 and chemotherapy and radiotherapy for locally advanced stages, that is stages 3 and 4. Stage 1 and 2 larynx cancer is treated either surgically or with radiation alone. More advanced stages may be treated with chemo 
radiotherapy to preserve the larynx. Laryngectomy is reserved for salvage therapy for persistent or recurrent disease following radiotherapy or chemoradiotherapy or in some T4 tumors when a complete remission or a functioning larynx cannot be achieved with chemoradiotherapy. Adjuvant radiotherapy or chemoradiotherapy is typically used for surgically resected stages 3 and 4 disease. Chemotherapy as a radiosensitizer is added for high-risk disease. This includes close or positive margins following resection, multiple involved lymph nodes or extracapsular extension, as well as perineural and lymphovascular spread. Two large-scale randomized trials compared chemoradiation following resection with radiotherapy alone in stages 3 and 4, squamous cell cancer of the head and neck. Both trials demonstrated that disease-free survival was significantly improved in the combined therapy groups, and one trial showed an advantage in overall survival when chemotherapy was added to radiation. The use of neoadjuvant chemotherapy prior to chemoradiotherapy in locally advanced head and neck cancer is frequently used in patients with high-risk locally advanced disease. It has shown to reduce rates of distant metastasis, but evidence for a survival advantage of neoadjuvant chemotherapy over chemoradiotherapy from randomized trials is lacking. The FDA-approved standard therapy for neoadjuvant chemotherapy is doxytaxol, cisplatin, and 5-fluoroacyl, and or this is known as the TPF regimen. The mainstay of treatment of cases with distant metastatic disease or disease recurrence not amenable to potentially curable salvage therapy is palliative chemotherapy with the goal of improving survival and quality of life. Head and neck squamous cell carcinoma is generally considered a chemotherapy-sensitive disease. Numerous agents have shown activity. Recently, the combination of cisplatin, 5-FU, and EGFR inhibitor cetuximab has shown improved survival compared to cisplatin and 5-fluorouracil alone. What are the complications of head and neck cancers? Much of the morbidity associated with head and neck cancer stems from the side effects related to therapy. Management of acute and chronic treatment-related side effects is particularly important for head and neck cancer patients due to the intensity of the multimodality therapy. Acute side effects such as pain, mucositis, nephrotoxicity, and autotoxicity, and long-term side effects which include xerostomia, dysphagia, radionecrosis, dental decay, radiation-induced fibrosis, hypothyroidism, and complications of spinal accessory nerve injury should be evaluated and treated if possible. Complications related to disease recurrence depend on location and tumor burden and may involve organ dysfunction outside of the head and neck area. When to refer patients with head and neck cancers? Patients who present with suspicious lesions that require biopsy or persistent aerodigestive symptoms that are un unexplained should be referred to an otolaryngologist for further evaluation and diagnosis. Because of the complexities of multimodality treatment, head and neck cancer should often be managed by an experienced multidisciplinary team. This podcast 
is from an outstanding chapter on head and neck malignancies by Dr. Glenn Hanna, MD, Assistant Professor at Harvard Medical School, and Dr. Joe Lorch, Associate Professor at Harvard Medical School and Director of the Thyroid Cancer Center at the Dana-Faber Cancer Institute. This outstanding chapter is published in Balika's Textbook of Internal Medicine with 1,480 multiple-choice questions available at www.mastermedfacts.com.